absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and I've got my good buddy, co-host of the show, ready to start 2020 off with a bang, my man, Scotto. Scott, what's the good word? Uh, I'm looking forward to this podcast, and in about an hour, uh, we'll be done, and I can go get two Mai Tais. <laughs> You've been uh, hanging around Patrick Cantley a little bit too long, it seems, my man. Yeah, I, I've been saving that one for uh, a couple of days. I knew we were going to talk about it, so I figured that's how to open the show. Yeah, well, I mean, might as well get right into it. Patrick Cantley caught on a hot mic yelling out, these pampered bleeps need to just play. They've been waiting for this weather for 40 years. I can't wait to get the hell out of here and get two Mai Tais. Um, Scott, could that be the line of the year already, one week into 2020? I can't imagine anything's going to beat that, especially not something that's captured on a hot mic. Uh, I mean, part of me almost wonders if he, and they obviously know that they're on mic all the time. Part of me almost wonders if he's just saying things to be funny. It's like like player caddy talk almost, because you know how that goes. Um, if maybe they were just trying to like you know keep it light and he's just throwing jokes out there. And he's, you know, he's walking up to the hole. He's like, I'm going to say some crazy stuff on the next hole. And the cat is like, oh, okay. You do you think, do you, yeah, I know, I know. But do you think he, how do you not know there's, there, there's mics there? I mean, I get that there's no fans. Like, I understand that. So maybe it doesn't feel like a tour event because there's <laughs> literally nobody there following. Um, but you got to know, like a dude like Patrick Cantley, I mean, who's a top, you know, 30 player in the world. Like, you've got to know every single area of the course is might um you know i don't don't know i don't know if it was he knew and he was just trying to trying to be funny yeah maybe but i mean you know that funniness is gonna cost him you know i mean he's gonna get fined dropping the f-bomb dropping the the p-word i mean you know, you're going to get fined. That's easily a ten, fifteen thousand dollar fine right there. So I don't know. Is it worth it to gain some fans? Maybe it is. I mean, I I loved it. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was phenomenal. That's line of the year. There's nothing I think that's going to beat that. The only thing that I hope that comes out of this, Scott, is that people start trying to beat that when they know there's a microphone present. Yep, absolutely. And that so and that's the thing. It's like okay. Well, he, he put it out there. He got fined, whatever it is he gets fined. For him, I don't think it really matters. And now everyone else is going to be trying to, you know, be funny and, and get, you know, get mentioned on all sorts of Instagrams and Twitters. And it's going to be good. It should be interesting. I hope it happens. Yeah, I mean, it, for the it, content gods, it was, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it'll give us stuff to talk about, so... Oh, with yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we've got enough as it is to begin with. But if people want to start cursing on the course and dropping jokes, uh, I mean, I would literally probably sit through a Tiger stand-up comedy routine with some of the jokes that that he tells out there. That's definitely true. And he made three hundred eighty k. So I don't think the the twenty grand they're gonna find him find him is really gonna you know he's not gonna feel it that much. 
No, no, it's a, it's a drop in the bucket. Um, hey, the course looks real good. Okay, it got done. We talked about this on the pod before this, Derek and I. It got redone completely. Corin Crenshaw and some pin positions, uh, enhanced some of the greens. L- look, they got a ton of rain. It was soft. The course hasn't grown in yet. But I've got no, I've got no quarries with it, you know? I've got no problems with it. It's, it's um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it, it's the same course they play every single year. Um, you know, it's long, there's big greens, tons of elevation changes, tons of uneven lies. And you know yep. what, Scott, it was actually cool to see the winner this year, Justin Thomas go 10 strokes lower than the last few years. I mean, you know, 10 strokes higher. We won it at 14 under instead of the last, last three years have been won at 23, 22 and 24 under. So it's kind of nice to see those guys have to grind, um, a little bit in paradise. Uh, I totally agree, and I forget which other podcast I was listening listening to, but someone was comparing it to Augusta um, in terms of the uneven lies and the the you know the the greenness of it. Um, I would think the uneven lie thing is definitely true. Um, so, and I the, I thought the the fact that you know the the scores were low but not like crazy low was pretty entertaining. Yeah, it was a nice, good, middle-of-the-road um, scoring venue. Um, what's funny is you did not know that that was a great leading segment, but it was. I actually talked with uh, Kessler Corain, Patrick Reed's caddy, this morning a little bit, and uh, just asked him about, you know, how difficult is it of, of a walk? Like, are these announcers really just kind of BSing us and throwing it over the top to make it seem like? And he goes, look, dude, I'm going to tell you what. If guys had to play there every week, he said guys would not play there every week. He goes, you'd have no tour. And I said, you know, what do you compare it to? He says, the hills are like Augusta, but he's like, you're on a dormant volcano. He's like, so even as hilly as Augusta is, and you and I know that Augusta does not translate to television well, he said, this place doesn't either. He goes, so they really can't overhype the elevation changes and the uneven lies, the uphill, downhill, side hill lies. Uh, but the biggest problem, he said, is the fact that it's a resort course. And what do you do at a resort course? You ride in a car. No one walks at a resort course because guess what? It's a resort course. And he says the way that the place was laid out, it was laid out for carts. He says we're hiking, you know, sometimes five minutes to the next tee box. And, uh, you know, it makes for slow going on TV. And you definitely saw that even with groups of two and no fans around. Um, and when there's not a lot of people on the course, that's why they cut so many times to the ocean, to people surfing, to the whales, to the winds, to the you know other parts of the island, because they've got to kill so much time while the caddies and players are traversing this course. Yeah, I noticed that too, and I, I actually did think about that. Um, you know, what, one, why do they keep going back to the ocean here? Why are there surfers every three minutes? Um, I didn't think about the fact that, yeah, it is a resort course and it's not laid out for, you know, walking. And and even even as much as they do try to um, you know shorten the walk for players in some ways, there's only so much you can do sometimes. I, you know, I think about, you know, some of the courses I've played where there's, a, you know, big gaps between holes and. I almost, you know, look at it like, well, they can never have a tournament here because this walk is almost a quarter mile from this green to the next tee, which if I had a card, it wouldn't be a problem. But to walk it, it's a little crazy. 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, a lot of courses are pigeonholed by the size of the land that they own or surrounding areas that kind of uh, box them in. Uh, and if you don't have Augusta money and you can't purchase land from Augusta, you know, golf club next door, um, you know, you're kind of stuck. This place has almost the opposite problem is they have so much land and things are spread out so much that they've, again, they've got these long walks from, you know, greens to tee boxes. And hey, it's just one of those things. I mean, but look, who's really complaining in a 33-man field playing for 6.7 mil in Hawaii? I mean, no one. And if you are, you're a moron. Um, so as far as that goes, I got no problem. Here's something I had a problem with, Scott. And I didn't realize how much this man bothered me until I watched this tournament. And this is, this, this is Paul Azinger, uh, being Paul Azinger. I'm just so sick and tired of the corniness and these references that he has to then explain because no one understands what he's talking about. And I've got a real like burning desire to sit down with this man and say, look, dude, just like, let's cool it a little bit because what you're doing is so nerdy over the top. Like you might be the opposite of making this game cool to people. So most of the, the golf I watched, I I didn't have the sound on, so I didn't really catch a ton of his uh, commentary. Which, well, you you're know, a lot, smarter lot man than me. A good, a good thing. Yeah, I, I and, and you know what? It was intentionally unintentional, meaning I had other things going on, but I wanted to watch golf, so I had golf on, but I was still, you know you know, playing with my daughter and, and doing things to clean up the house after Christmas and all that. So I had it on, but, you know, I, I couldn't hear it. Also, Friday, uh, Thursday, yeah, was it Thursday? Yeah, I think it was Thursday. Thursday, I went, you know, into the city and, and you know, had uh, had dinner with a friend. So we went to a place that had it on, but you can't hear anything in bars in the city. So there was that, too. So. Yeah, so yeah. I, I missed what he said. Well, I mean, it, it's a good thing. I might have to start watching it that way because then it's more realistic to how you watch it when you're out on a tournament site. Um, it's just, I don't know if it's the combination of him and Ralph, and I don't want to start getting into, into um, you know, audio and video takes and, and how it's broadcast because it's not really what we do here on the pod, but it's just one of those things that was so over the top. It bothered me so much that, you know, like, when when they're doing Golf Channel NBC stuff, I mean, I, I I seriously considered that if this man is continuing on with his commentary, that I'm going to have to do one of two things, either not watch one of three things, not watch, mute it like you, or honestly, just go to the PGA Tour live feed uh, and do it. And I, and I swear, Scott, I hope PGA Tour live figures itself out this year, makes it easier as far as how to handle the app and, and actually get in and view your content. Because I, I can deal with those guys, you know? Those guys are like golf nerds. Uh, Paul Azinger is just a nerd that talks about golf. Right. With a major championship. Um, well, yeah, that's fine. And look, all credit to him, all praise to Azinger for saving the U.S. Ryder Cup in that year and his pod system. But, you know, that... that um, gratuity only lasts so long i mean he's just in my opinion he's worn out as well i'm sure people message us 
on Instagram and say, no, I love Paul Azinger. He's a great dude. Yeah, I'm sure he's a great dude. It's just his announcement. I need something less frivolous. Maybe that's because we're so deeply involved in the game, but I need something less foo-foo, you know, over the top for like the basic fan out there. And I just would like something a little bit more geared towards the way that I watch. And I understand that I am not in the majority, okay? I'm the person, you're the person, the people listening here are the people that are going to watch golf no matter what. You know, I mean, you could have a guy slurring his words and I'm still going to watch it. Um, you could have a guy calling people the wrong name and I'm still going to watch it. They've got to cater to the basic fan. But every once in a while, I'll throw us a bone. Well, you bring up a good point, though, because if they're catering to the basic fan, is Paul Azinger really the face of golf for people who are not big golf fans? No, but I mean, they're certainly pushing it that way. And that's the thing. Like, if he's turning us off, uh, you know, and literally making me turn it off, um, is that someone that you want to be front and center? to a a brand new perspective watcher. Uh, Yeah, I I get it. I do, and and I I always try to play devil's advocate when I bring up a point here. So I'm going to play it again right here. I'm just going to say, is there any brand new golfer turning in at 6, 8, 9 o'clock at night to watch the Century Tournament Champions? Uh, No. If it was on, like, regular TV, maybe. Right, right. or Or if Tiger was playing. Yeah, yeah. I would, I'm, I'm going to be very interested, Scott, to see what Azinger do, does in terms of his broadcast style when they actually get to, you know, the big tournaments, the NBC tournaments that are broadcast in prime time uh, during the, the, you know, during the, let's call it the meat of the season, post-Masters, if you will. I'll be interested to see if he's still his same, like, super corniness. And I don't know if I was just so, like, hyper-focused this week. Or maybe I've been so unfocused in the past listening to him, but it just really rubbed me the wrong way and really just kind of just hit me how how odd he is when he speaks. The other question is, who would they even replace him with? I don't know. I've got like that's the thing. I'll I'll pose tons of questions and I'll complain about things, but I don't have an answer. I'll tell you that right now. I'm the first one to tell you I don't have an answer to it. You know. Because it Jeff has Ogilvy? to be, uh, well, maybe that's it. Has to be someone who has, you know, some, you know, some street cred as a player, but also someone who's, you know, compelling to listen to. So right, you I know, don't know. Let, let me ask you this: We're getting off topic a bit, and that's fine. Do, do you honestly think it needs to be somebody with, with that street cred as a player, like? Do you need to be a great player to be a golf announcer? David Faraday wasn't a great player. Like, obviously, everyone that's playing no. the PGA Tour, the European Tour, the Ryder Cup is a great player. But in terms of, you know, let's talk about best of the best, he's not up there. And I, I think he's phenomenal in, in smallish to medium-sized doses. Right. I think, uh, you know, the thing is that here, here's, here's the deal. That person involved. I don't think he needs to be the primary voice. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I do appreciate when you go back to a player that has played and is now announcing and they say, hey, you know what? When I was in that situation, this is what always used to get me. That's the lie that always 
I struggle with and I practice so hard, but I just couldn't wrap my, my mind around. That stuff's cool. But wh why not have a, a three-person panel, a three-person seat where you've got next player, uh, your color commentary guy, who literally is just basically a broadcaster, and, and then you've got someone deeply involved in golf that's great at public speaking, but maybe is not a player per se. Maybe he's a five or six handicap because I would love to have the viewpoint of, hey, for all, all you regular golfers listening out there, right? You 100 shooters, you 90 shooters, you two, three handicaps, this place would be a bear for you. You know what you're seeing him do right here? I mean, it might take us two shots or just, you know, things along those lines that make it more relatable to the common man or woman. Right. Or if you wanted to have someone who's, you know, connected to the game, you use like a Michael Collins or someone like that, who's got a, a you know, personality and is deeply intertwined with the game. I would love that. I would love that. But, but see, the, the major networks see someone like him and say, oh, he's too over the top. He's an Internet guy. He does ESPN stuff on the Internet. He couldn't be on, you know, on, on national TV when rea in reality – you know, the numbers for television programming are dropping so much. And in the next 20 years, when all these quote-unquote millennials become quote-unquote golf-age people in their 40s and 50s, you know, they might not even be consuming their golf through television. Mm, that's very, very true. But again, yeah, I'll, go, I'll go back to the old I, what they have I try I to watch on the internet as much as possible, so... And I, and I can't blame you. Yep. Right? It's the way things are going. Exactly. Here's, uh, here's one other thing I hated. Um, well, first off, I hated that JT blew his lead coming down uh, the stretch, obviously. You know, two shots yeah. within three holes. I hated that Xander three-putted at the end. I would have loved to have seen a back-to-back. -back. Um, but did you happen to notice, and, and this is a man who I would put on my top three best dressed on tour, did you happen to notice the collar of these shirts that JT was wearing? They were like 70s collars that weren't stiff, and they were just blowing in the breeze like crazy. And at first I thought, hey, maybe the dude's got an extra button unbuttoned. But no, it's just a weird, weird collar. Yeah, so I did notice that. and. Uh, part of me was like, yeah, that's that's just awful. And wh why did Polo do that? But he's also, he's got his own line of clothes now. Yeah, so, through through the RLX brand. Yeah, I'm assuming he's involved in the design. And I'm almost wondering if maybe they were like, all right, we're, we're going to throw this out there as a possibility. It's a... You know, it's Hawaii, so it's a little more laid back. Um, and that's kind of the look they were going for. I, but you're right. It, it, it was a lot. Well, speaking of it being Hawaii, we saw Ricky and his little pineapple getup, which, I mean, I'm fine with. You know, Ricky always pushes the envelope. What were your thoughts on his untucked, quote-unquote fitted, untucked shirt that he wore all four days before that against that is it just ricky style um i'm okay with it i i don't i i think the pga tour is a little stuffy in terms of their um their apparel i i, I think there's some kind of regulation like i don't get why they can't wear shorts when it's really hot even during a tournament week 
Um, so, and obviously, you know, Puma probably cleared that with the tour to make sure it was okay. Oh, for sure. Um, so I, I, I'm down with it. And honestly, there are times if it's, you know, not around I'm playing with people or at a, a, a raccoon track, I, I'll go with my shirt untucked. Oh, I, I, I mean, I, there's nothing. I don't really like a polo shirt untucked. Like, I'm not going to lie. That's not my look. Um, I, I have, again, no problem with Ricky doing it. The more people are able to push the uh, clothing and apparel envelope on tour, the happier that I am. Uh, but while playing a raccoon track or, or a place that I'm by myself in the offseason, like, I love wearing a hoodie or, uh, or just a T-shirt. You know, like, that's my favorite. I mean, going out and playing in, in athletic shorts and a T-shirt, I absolutely love that. That's my range apparel of choice. But if I can get out on a course like that, I am I'm I'm happy, Scotto. And you should be, uh, because it's it's golf, it's an it's athletic, and you should you know be able to be comfortable and and move appropriately. And it's supposed to be fun. Doesn't need to be like you're going to work. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, last thing about that. So we, you know, we had the playoff, we had Xander Schauffele, uh, Patrick Reed and JT, obviously JT wins in the third playoff hole. Uh, Pat Reed coming back, like nothing happened. And in his mind, nothing probably did happen in these last few months or so, which is whatever the dude's playing out of this world. The short game is just unbelievable as of late. Uh, but let's talk important things, Scott. What'd you think about the trophy? The, uh, that whale tail, like, um, I, gosh, uh, it's almost like an acrylic, uh, crystallized whale tail coming out of a, a water spout. It's actually different than it was like three years ago. They used to use this this cool wooden carved Hawaiian bowl, which I guess was a um, a native a native Hawaiian bowl that used to mix uh, food or spices or stuff in, and they turned that into a trophy. I thought that was cool. The whale one's, eh, it's just a little bit weird looking for me. It looks like something you'd find like in a candle shop somewhere in uh, a resort town in the U.S. It, so I think the whale is, it's supposed to be diving into like the tube of water, I guess. Okay. Uh, or it's like, because it's like kind of like a circle, like dive, swimming through it. And then I, I, I don't know, I'm looking at it right now. I, I'm not. It's whatever. That that's how I feel. Yeah, about it, it definitely does. it doesn't it doesn't make my top five. It's not it, the color is really nice. I like that blue. It matches his shirt really well. Yeah, yeah, it did unplanned, but it definitely did do that. I, I, but, well, uh, hey. see, I I wouldn't put it past them to plan that. You know Sorry. that that. There are a lot of hands at work on the PGA Tour, Scotto. That's what I'm saying. Does he have a little tattoo like near his elbow? Who, JT? Yeah. I don't know. Is that what uh, you're seeing? The picture I'm looking at, which is on the PGA Tour website, I don't know if it's a tattoo. He's just got like marker on there. It almost looks like he has like something, like a very small tattoo on his left arm, like right, like. More on his like forearm, like under his elbow. Hmm, that that would be one that I was not aware of. I mean, obviously, uh, oh, I see that same thing. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I'm texting. Look, I'm going to tell you what. If it's a tattoo, it's the crappiest one I've seen. And it's done by, like, uh, a shady scratcher artist in his garage or basement. Yeah, that, well, that's why I was asking you, because you follow that stuff. Yeah, I just uh, I just zoomed in on it, and it definitely does not look like one. Um, it, hopefully, it, it, hopefully not. It's maybe, like, some Sharpie or something like that that got smudged there, but... Yeah, well, it, if it is, I can, uh, JT, I can hook you up with some good people out there in the tattoo world that might be able to take care of that, buddy. Maybe, hey, you think he got that like he was drunk on the, uh, the uh, Spring Break Boys golf trip and like he lost a hole, a chipping contest, and the, the loser had to get a crappy tattoo? See, uh, here's the thing, though. I think if, if that was the case, they would have made him get something worse than that. Yeah, but maybe that's like Smiley Kaufman's initials. Maybe it's like an mm. SK on it. That'd be great. And if you, Smiley if you, actually did the tattoo. Because you lost to him. That, that's rough, especially if you're Justin Thomas. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right, so we're, we're, going into, uh, we're going into week two of the Hawaii Swing. Obviously a fantastic way to open up the season. First full field event. Right, we're at Wailai Country Club. Um, we got the Sony Open in Honolulu. I mean, awesome course, 93 years old, Seth Rayner design. Scott, did you know that Wailai had its own video game on Super Nintendo called True Golf Classics, Wailai Country Club? So on the list of golf courses that would have their own video games, uh, nowhere would I think that Wildlife Country Club would appear. Yeah, it, it's uh, that's that's got to be the craziest fun fact I think I've read on this podcast. Um, yeah, and and so I, I've I actually still have uh, a golf video game that I play from time to time, and people on that make their own golf courses. Um, oh, is that the golf club? Golf club. It's yeah. Some, we have that too. Oh, okay. Some of the courses are. I didn't know if you guys. Uh, you guys were still playing video games. I'm um, not, but the boys are. Although I am the king of Street Fighter, Scott. I remember that. Um, well, I wanted to be known that I still am. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, so I, I do still. I do still uh, tee it up on that from time to time, and uh, I'm gonna search that out because some of the courses that people make on that are incredibly sick there was um you know no free ads but it's a it's a a magazine that i love uh the golfer's journal there Mm -hmm. was an article on that on that video game the golf club and that's that's the name of it right the golf club yes okay yeah it basically took over for tiger woods you know the ea sports one so like Scott said, there's a design your own thing. Now, it's as simple as you could design a course in 40 minutes, and it's as insane as this one guy. And I'll probably get some of the numbers incorrect, but he's their most popular designer. His designs have been played, you know, something like three, four, five million times. And he spent 342, 350 hours, something along those lines, recreating Augusta National. Now, obviously, couldn't name it Augusta National, so it, it's named something else. I can't remember exactly what it is. Um, I also don't remember what issue of the Golfer's Journal it's in, but if you buy them all, you'll eventually read it. And it is, it's unbelievable. Like, it is insane. This guy was working six to seven hours a night after his day job 
creating this game. You can look it up online, Google it. Um, but we, we played it over, over the break and it's mind blowing. Like it's, it's literally a walk through Augusta national. Yeah. I've played a few different Augustas in there. I've, you know, and that's, that's kind of the way I'll do it. If there's a big tournament, I'll take the game out, start it up and play whatever course it's at. So obviously I played Augusta and Beth page last year when the majors were there. Um, and every now and again, I'll you know when they're at Tory, maybe I'll play that something something along those lines. Um, and I've played a few different Augustas. I have to go through. I I literally have every single golfer's journal sitting right here on the bookshelf next to me, and I've read almost none of them. Okay, well I'll tell you what I haven't read seven and eight, so I know for a fact that it's one through six. That's all I can give you. Fair enough. Um, so why lies a Hawaiian word, Scott? Any guess as to what? While I means, uh, um, how about hmm, calm wave? Wow, that's actually you got the water portion right. It's uh, it's the Hawaiian word for spring water of the mud hen. Uh, so basically, I wasn't anywhere close. No, yeah, but you had something to do with water. <laughs> um, so hey, first full field event. Uh, let's go with winners, Scott. I'm going to go first because I feel very strongly about my pick. Now, last week, Derek and I picked for the tournament champions. I picked John Rahm, and he went with Patrick Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay finished in fourth, three out of, um, out of the lead, uh, obviously by JT, as we talked about. And uh, I didn't do so good. I had John Rahm, who was exceptional on Thursday, but then kind of fell off and finished at eight under. So congrats to Derek for, for winning. And Derek also picked perfectly Martin Trainer finishing DFL. I had Jim Herman, who finished in a tie for 27 with Ches Reevy. So uh, I won neither. But this week, Scott, I feel it. Uh, I feel very good about it. I think I've got the winner. And that person is going to be Colin Morikawa. So I feel like he's a guy that might feel at home in the islands. Uh, loves it. He finished T7. He played very solid all week, went 71, 71, 70, 71. Uh, real even keel guy, so I could see him turning it up this week and taking home the Sony Open. He did have a really good week, um, and obviously he's, he's playing well. Um, so that's who you're going to go with. I am going to go with, um, how about Webb Simpson? Well, you say how about, that doesn't seem like you're, you have conviction. Nope, I have conviction. I'm going to go with Webb Simpson. <laughs> Last time I picked Webb to win a tournament, he missed the cut. Well... Last time I picked anyone to win a tournament, they missed the cut. So mm. I'm pretty sure it might have been Webb Simpson. So, all right. So we have uh, we've got Webb Simpson for Scott, and we've got Colin Morikawa uh, from myself. If you are a degenerate gambler like Tyler, the creator, uh, I wouldn't pick either of the two that Scott and I picked. I think it's probably a pretty safe bet. Um. Yeah, I think that's. That's, yeah, that's probably a safe bet. 
Did you um, did you see any news coming out of Sony Scott with Jordan Spieth? Did you see he's got a little bit of the sniffles? So I actually was gonna I was gonna pick him and just see if you caught on, um, but then I was just figuring you you knew anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was going to say Jordan Spieth and then let you be like, uh, bad news. But yeah, that. That that was my uh, that was my trepidation with the the Webb Simpson. It's got to be a slow news day in golf when that becomes like a headline story that Jordan Spieth has a cold and he withdrew. These guys are independent contractors; they don't have to play. I realize if you commit to a tournament, usually you have to give a reason. And someone like Jordan Spieth, who you know, uh, hopefully this is a year he gets things back on track. Maybe they feel like, hey, we need to tell people why we're not going but uh i it it, it it seems kind of babyish scott to say you have a cold i could see if you had the flu or something like that you know that's a long trip from dallas to honolulu but uh but like what type of cold do you think it's like a, a chest cold a head cold do you think he's taking some mucinex you think he's gonna be okay um uh, i think he'll be okay mostly because i don't think this is that bad of a cold I think maybe he's just not feeling it and he doesn't want to travel all the way to Hawaii. What do you think he's really got going on? You think, uh, he's helping, you think he's helping JT celebrate? They're doing a quick impromptu spring break boys trip? Well, JT's playing, so uh, no. <laughs> uh, I bet I think, Smiley Kaufman's not playing. That's for sure. Um, I had, I just have a feeling he's maybe still trying to figure some things out and doesn't want to go all the way to Hawaii to miss cut. No, that kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense. Especially when, as soon as you show up, you're automatically like one of the top five guys to watch, even when you haven't been playing well. You know, maybe he doesn't want those eyes on him. That That's what I'm thinking. He doesn't want to be figuring it out you know, in front of a, a live audience. And it's Jordan Spieth, so it's not like he's not going to be in a feature group. So he'd basically have cameras on him the entire, you know, first and second round. And, you know, maybe he makes a cut, maybe he doesn't. But for him, it's just not worth going all the way to Hawaii for it. Yeah. No, I mean, I understand. And, uh, you know, let's be honest, uh, these guys can make their own schedule up. And so he's not playing in the Sony Open. This is not going to have any impact on him at the Masters uh, or anything moving forward. No, not at all. And, you know, given the choice between traveling all the way to Hawaii and playing in a tournament or waiting a week and playing PGA West, uh, I'll go to PGA West. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I, I think I'd agree with that too. Most of the guys playing in this are guys getting their first start of the year, you know, coming off the corn tour. Um, so not really a necess- necessary evil uh, for him. Did you? Uh, you a big Elvis fan, Scott? Uh, I am aware of Elvis. So you know, you know that that uh, Elvis was the king, right? He was. I mean, we know the real king is not Elvis, and is. Obviously, Arnold Palmer, but Elvis's golf cart, a Harley Davidson golf cart, is going up for sale. I guess Graceland is having an auction for Elvis stuff, and uh, it's a three-wheeled gas-powered golf cart. 
made in 1961. The minimum bid is $30,000. Oh, that's going to go for a lot more, obviously. Um, yeah, they say 60 to 70 is what they anticipate. It's pretty dope looking. Like, it's pretty cool. But the steering wheel is like a stupid metal thing. It's not even a steering wheel. And what and it, here's what's funny. The picture that they show online in the auction is of the golf cart. And I guess it hasn't really been taken care of. It's probably just been sitting in Graceland in the house. And the one tire is flat. No, two tires are flat. So that leads me to believe that this was bought during Fat Elvis time frame. <laughs> I'm sure I'll hear it from all the, the Elvis fans out there on Instagram. Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it, it where did he even keep golf bags? Well, it, it, I, I don't, I don't think he did. He's, for golf. Yeah, it, it said that he was not a golfer, and he used it for transportation. But he, he did meet Gary Player one time. Could you imagine Gary Player meeting Elvis, and Elvis being fat Elvis, eating peanut butter and banana sandwiches, and Gary Player just ripping into him about his core strength? Good God, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how it would go that's, that's exactly how it would go <laughs> um, the card is very clean and has been stored indoors uh, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on the, the $30,000 Elvis golf cart that I can't carry golf bags in yeah I think you could probably get one of those for like three grand and modify with a card holder you know well, so ironically, so I've actually been in the market for a golf cart. Um, what are you going to do with a golf cart? Plow my driveway. What do you mean plow your driveway with a golf cart? Why don't you get a quad or something? A golf cart doesn't have that much horsepower. Golf cart's cheaper. You, you need to get a used quad with big knobby tires and then throw a plow on that. And that could be your side job and that could be all your golf money. Oh, I know that would work better, but then this way I just have a golf cart I could ride around in all the time. Would you just ride up and down the neighborhood in one, like to get the mail? I I would essentially not travel anywhere within the range of the golf cart without the golf cart. <laughs> all right, listen, I'm going to tell you something. The boys got a mini dirt bike for Christmas, okay? Um this it's you know gas powered it's nine hundred cc's um this thing cooks this thing moves scott and i can't tell you how much fun this is we have a little course through the woods i cut a whole back trail for them in the backyard they can go down the driveway down the block up the side of the house through the side through the backwoods through the fire trail around the fire pit and stuff um it's nuts how how fun it is. I've probably ridden it just as much as them. So I can understand you wanting a golf cart. What I can understand is is I don't even think you can affix a plow to the front of a golf cart. No, it's a thing. There's a there's a local business that customizes them that that does it. I can't wait to see it. I, I'm not getting it. It's just it's a it's a it's a hope a hope and dream. Let's call it. You got to make your dreams come true, buddy. Yeah, no. That that might be uh, it might be a little bit more of a 
uh, a pie in the sky dream than is reality. Could could it be? I mean, is that a, is that a retirement goal? Because like I know my first purchase ever in retirement is going to be a golf cart. Oh yeah, no that that's a, that's a certainty. But where I'm retiring to, I'm not going to need to plow. So right, right. That's what. Well, uh, yeah, you'll still have a golf cart though. Oh, without a doubt. That's yeah. That, I think, that, you know you know what that's I think. Pretty much my entire purpose for working right now. So. I, <laughs> retire to a place where i can just have a golf cart amen i think maybe for for content creation when i retire i might go on a a well it wouldn't be a cross-country trip but a uh a trip to meet you in a golf cart and just take golf cart to get there um okay i'm down with that it might take me a few days you know but Exactly. It's not going to be that far of a trip. Yeah, I just texted you the like souped up like four by four golf cart that uh, I've been looking at. Not that I have a spare ten grand to blow, but <laughs> I'm always envious of people with their own golf carts at some of the courses we play uh, down south where we live. <laughs> I'm looking at this thing. This is the craziest thing in the world. It's called a Textron Off-Road Ambush. Yeah, I think it's really more of like a vehicle one would use for hunting. Yeah, Scott, that's a that's not a golf. That's a that's a UTV. Let me tell you a funny story about UTVs or utility uh, transport vehicles. When I was in, uh, I think we were in Utah or something. I had my parents with me. And my dad kept remarking, he kept on going, look at all those modified ATVs. They just ride them everywhere. These people are crazy. They just ride modified ATVs. I was like, dad, it's called a UTV. And he looked at me and goes, that's not a thing. It's an ATV. I said, no, those are called UTVs. And he goes, yeah, that's what I said, a modified ATV. I said, oh, okay, dad, I got you. But they ride them everywhere because there's so much BLM, you know, borough of land management land around that that the public can use. And obviously in some of the places, I'm talking like out near Zion and Bryce and um, oh, I can't remember the name of the town right now. It'll come to me, of course, once we're off the air. But but people literally will ride these UTVs everywhere. Um, I, w- I would love to see you, Scott. You know what I want to see? I want to see you get one of those big UTVs, modify it with a golf cart or a golf club holder on the back with the plow, and then anytime you get in a sand trap, you just plow over it. Um, you make your own course. Actually, what we really could do is just call Patrick Reed's caddy, and then whenever he needs, I'll just head out. It's no problem. I'll just, wherever Patrick, I'll be like one of those people who like, you know, wherever like the president is, there's always, you know, <laughs> Your jet circling wherever Patrick Reed is, there's always me there to plow him out of a sand trap. Hey, just, yeah, <laughs> just keep, keep that style, and I, I'll, I'll just be within like you know 100 feet, and I get the call, and there I go. That might fund your retirement. Oh, they don't have to pay me. <laughs> You're just gonna do that with your off time. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and you'll, you'll be that old guy 
and and you'll pass a slugger white or a tournament visual like suck on that pga tour <laughs> i mean what are they gonna do they're not gonna catch me and if they do i'll just plow over them i i think that is a uh i love it i think it's brilliant i encourage as a as a friend i encourage you to to go on with that <laughs> yeah just do me a favor just bail me out of jail when yeah, that happens. You, hey, you've you've got my number okay we'll use uh <laughs> We use the profit from our ball markers and different repair tools to bail you out. Uh, what, what else we got, buddy? We got anything else or no? Uh, no, I think we're, we're pretty good. You, you know what? You know what? Real quick. I, 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 I was going to save this for next week, but it, it's quick. TaylorMade, obviously. And Callaway both released their new drivers, right? The Callaway Maverick, the the TaylorMade 2020 Sim and Sim Max. Um, I know, season. yeah, exactly. Tis the season. I know your thoughts on this, but um, let the people know what what do you what do you think about these companies every single year releasing a new club? Do you? I, I know what you think. Everyone kind of knows what everyone thinks about it. Let me ask you this: Do you think there's ever going to be a year? where it stops, where companies don't release anything and just say, hey, buy our last year club because it's not getting any better. Like, let's stop BSing you. You're not idiots. You're not getting any more yards than this. We are completely maxed out. Is that ever going to happen? I mean, I think some companies are on like a two-year cycle. Like, I think Titleist is on a two-year cycle where the like, come out with a new driver every other year they are and i only know that as a fact because i just got yeah. one and the three would so i know that they are but i think ping is as well but they also they come out with irons in the off year so it's like iron driver iron driver right. uh, the callaway driver the maverick uh yes. i don't really see a huge difference between that and what they came out with last year the TaylorMade one, at least there appears to be uh, at least some changes that might not just be cosmetic. Right. I like the look of the TaylorMade one. It definitely, you know, visual and auditory um, feelings towards a club definitely impact how you play with it. You, you know, yeah. I mean, the, the, the old Callaway club that I had always looked open to me. Always. And for the life of me, hitting that club, I would hit more fades than anything else. And you know, I don't fade the ball. Mm -mm. With the new Titleist club I have, it looks completely neutral. I can turn it in my hands a little bit. I can close it. Uh, it, it just it it strikes me as a club that I can just go after the ball with. They're the same exact size, the same exact length. The only difference is the shaft, obviously, and then and the head. Um, the Titleist TS3 being a little bit newer than the Callaway Razor fit, obviously, by four or five years. But that's it. Same pear-shaped. It's not weird. You know, it's not a, a squarish head or anything like that. But it's just the visual of the way the club looks and the fact that I know it's completely fitted for me perfectly from Spargo Golf allows me to swing even harder at it. And that's something that I love because I've always been scared to do knowing that my shaft didn't match properly. The face maybe was too open for me, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And that's the thing. So if you have a club that fits you and you know it's been sort of optimized for your swing, it doesn't matter when it came out. 
Um, you know, is it worth taking a look at? Yeah, maybe every couple of years. But do you need to get a new driver every year just because there's new stuff coming out and it supposedly is going to gain 16 yards? Uh, you know, and that's the thing. Every year it's like, oh, gain 12 yards, gain you know, 8 yards, gain 15 yards. Well, I've been playing golf for uh, since I was seven, so over you know 30 years. And if I would have gained 10 yards a year, I'd be hitting the ball 500 yards now. Right, right. So that's just not happening. Right, and and here's the other thing too. You know, I I I had the ability. You know, I was fortunate enough to get com- uh, literally a complete tour fitting uh, from John at Spargo Golf, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where in in three to four years, knowing that, let's say nothing has changed on me. Okay, let's say I'm still in the same physical condition I am. Let's say that the the clubs that I use are at the USJ limit. I mean, there is literally no reason to to purchase anything new, you know. And that's why cl- it's it's not so much the clubs, but but being fit, like you said, for the proper clubs. And I I feel very strongly about people going to an independent, a non affiliated club fitter, like not going to TaylorMade's The Kingdom, even though it's otherworldly. And there's probably not much difference between a TaylorMade driver and a Callaway driver and a Ping and a Mizuno or anything. There's not much difference. But the fact that going there, you're only going to be fit for the exact TaylorMade clubs that fit you perfectly. Where if you go to an agnostic place that has no affiliation or belief in any of those companies except for what fits you perfectly, then I feel like you're getting exactly what you need for your swing. Right, exactly. And you also want someone who is more interested in what works for your game than what's going to make them money. You know, so like the the fitter I go to in Connecticut, he's actually talked me out of more expensive options, you know, that I maybe originally went in there for because he doesn't like it for the swing or doesn't like the way I hit the ball with those. He'd rather me spend less money and get the clubs that are going to work for me. Because then I I went in there, I spent all this money, and I didn't get the best clubs for me. It's I went in there, I spent all this money, and um, and I, you know, I got clubs that were right. And then I'm going to tell you know people, hey, listen, what you really need to do instead of going to you know that big box store is go see you know my guy in Connecticut and that's how that's how he does his business so right that's smart. and i'm sure that's the way john spargo is too yeah ex- exactly i mean uh <clears throat> can't say enough good words about it uh i can't wait to get the season started you know it's as uh, simple as that before we sign off scuttle i want to wish uh, nick biondi best of luck at pga tour latino america q school by the time this releases Scott and I recorded Monday night and probably release on uh, on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Uh, he'll be two days into Q school already. And then also to Tyson Alexander and our buddy Mike Creed getting the Corn Ferry Tour started off um, next week in the Bahamas. Anything else for the good of the cause, Scotto? No, nah, I think we're good. Oh, the new, uh, new merch, the new hats. Oh, yeah. So yeah, thanks, buddy. Guess good work. Yeah, so obviously it's it's cold out there wherever you are. If you live near us, I mean, if you live 
where Derek does in the West Coast and it's nice and warm, you might not need one. But maybe if you're in a warm weather area and the weather gets down to 50 or 60, you feel like it's cold. Well, you know what you can do, Scotto? You can put a leave the pin beanie cap on that skull of yours and keep warm, whether you're off the course, on the course, at the range, wherever you are. Look stylish, support the podcast, and keep those winter blues away. We have the podcast logo as well as our American flag for both hats in red, navy blue, and black. And then uh, we've also got an enormous, uh, I'm psyched about it, collaboration coming up with Legend Golf Company. Joe over at Legend Golf Company is doing some amazing work, CNC milling, hand milling us, leave the pin single prong divot repair tools, as well as leave the pin ball markers. And those are going to be on sale for pre-order very, very soon on our Instagram page. And everyone from Scott, Tyler, Derek will put it on all their pages. So make sure you're following them at LTP underscore Scott, LTP underscore golfing with dad and LTP underscore creator for Tyler. And then obviously follow us at leave the pin and we will put all of that stuff up there. So even though it's the winter time, you can gear up with all the new leave the pin gear and be ready to go in the spring. Or if you are lucky enough to live in a southern or western state that is or gives you the ability to play golf year round, yeah, you know, get one, take it on the course immediately. I just, I actually just ordered a hat because I had meant to do that uh, yesterday and I completely forgot about it. That's um, what color did you order? I got the navy blue one with the logo. Uh, I'm, uh, I tend to wear a lot of navy blue mm-hmm. when I play golf. Understood. So. It's a great go-to color. I'm I'm de- debating. I think I like the podcast logo one in black, and I'm debating on whether getting that or a navy blue one with the American flag logo. I haven't decided yet. And I can't make the decision yet. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're all awesome. So. Without a doubt. Can't lose. Um, all right. I mean, I think that's that's all we got for now. We've got some stuff in the pipes that are coming down the pipeline. We're not going to talk about it yet until it comes to fruition, but uh, some pretty cool stuff and some pretty cool interviews coming up and um, a little bit of spreading the leave the pin wealth to everyone out there, maybe this weekend or so. Uh, we're good, Scott, all right? I think we are. All right, people, either get busy golfing or get busy dying. All right, be good.